You're listening to Fight in Progress. With your hosts and stress coaches, founder of Under the Shield, Susan Simmons, and TomTheBomb.com. Fight in Progress grapples with the internal and external struggles in the daily lives of our men and women in law enforcement, the armed forces, and first responders. Tackling the tough topics and supporting those who support us. We hear you, and we're here for you. Welcome back to Under the Shield Presents Fight in Progress. Today, Susan is teaching a class. She's uh, certifying Maricopa County Sheriff's Office in peer support. So, Joelle, you're stuck with just me. Yep. <laughs> left left the boys to play again. Uh, yeah. You know what happens when, we, when we're together <laughs> and Susan's out? She's probably wondering what's going on with us. So, <laughs> so today we have a guest, um, Paul Lee. He is uh, with the Fellowship of Christian Peace Officers. Welcome, Paul. Well, good morning, guys. Glad to be here. So, um, I don't. My wife found out about you guys somehow. I don't remember where she came across you guys, uh, and so we started looking at your organization. And I was like, you know, I I like your guys. What you have to say, what you're all about, and so I joined as a member, and I'm still waiting for my member pack. Uh, which should be coming here shortly, so we'll see what's in that. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about your organization? Well, we've been around for 49 years. Our next year will we'll be our 50th anniversary. Wow. And uh, it really started from some very, very humble beginnings inside the Los Angeles Police Department. Hmm. We had uh, two founders. Carl Traber and Ralph Evans. Uh, Carl was actually uh, born in Germany. His father was a German and his mother is an American. And his father actually fought for the Germans wow. in World War II. <laughs> he and his mother were liberated out of a bomb shelter by the Americans. And uh, to, to cut the story, it's a great story. But to cut it short, uh, later in life, he finds himself in Los Angeles at his mother's family's restaurant, you know, pretty high-end restaurant there in Los Angeles. Okay. And uh, he's struggling to, to learn English and, you know, and, and really acclimate. And you have to know Carl. He's kind of a piece, but he's still funny. Uh, <laughs> he decided that the best way to learn English was to join the military. So he did. All right. and yes, he did learn English. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, during his time, he found himself at the Navigator's Castle in Colorado Springs. Okay. Uh, you know, the Navigators is a discipleship Christian ministry that uh, really uh, started as a ministry to our military uh, during World War II. Well, there, Carl got soundly saved, without a doubt. And when he came home, uh, he went back to the restaurant. And as he told me, they wanted him to be the maitre d'. <laughs> and he said, you know, I could have I could have been a bartender. That would have been all right. But the maitre d's job was to actually try to get people to purchase and drink more alcohol sure. than he felt comfortable with. He said, my new <laughs> faith, he said, I just, I couldn't do that with a good conscience. And he said, I was walking down the sidewalk of L.A., and I looked up and saw a billboard that said, do you want to make $500 
a month join the <laughs> LAPD. Now, he's the only cop that has ever made this statement to me. He said, he said I thought, wow, I can have my own ministry. People wow. will call me to come minister to them. And he said, and they're going to pay me. He was excited about that $500 a month. <laughs> and, of course, then he sits up at his kitchen table where we were sitting, and he tugs on the bottom of his shirt and sits up straight and says, besides, I'm a German. We like uniforms. So he joins the LAPD. Wow. And that's a story in and of itself. But uh, then Ralph, Ralph was raised in Hawaii, Ralph Evans, the other founder. And one Sunday afternoon, as, as he told me, they were, him and his brothers and sisters were running and yelling and playing in the house, and they were getting ready to go see their grandmother and just chaos, you know, on a Sunday afternoon sure. in the house. And the phone's ringing, and his daddy answers the phone, and then he gets everybody on the front porch and says, look, and the Japanese were bombing Pearl Harbor. Hmm. Later in life, he finds himself walking down the sidewalk of L.A., wondering what he's going to do, and he looks up, and he sees a billboard. You want to make $500 a month? <laughs> Join that LAPD. And he was a believer also, so he joined. Now, these two guys thought they were the only Christians in the LAPD, and they didn't know each other. You know, they thought they were alone. They right. saw no signs yeah. of Christian uh, life anywhere in the LAPD. <laughs> And they inadvertently attend the same Bible conference and bump into each other. And of course, being cops, they recognized each other and, you know, figured yeah. it out. I tell people at that particular time in LAPD history, the Christian population doubled from one to two. There's two of them now. <laughs> That's great. So, so they were, you know, they were all excited, but then they got to looking around and, and they started going, wait a minute, that guy's LAPD and that guy over there is LAPD and there's another one over there. They get this, these guys together and they're all excited because they all thought they were alone. Right. Everyone. And they come together and then, you know, after a few minutes of celebrating and being excited, you know, sobriety set in and they went, well, what are we going to do now? We're not alone. So they decided to start meeting once a week at the on Wednesdays at the LAPD training center where they read scripture and prayed. And that is where this ministry started over 50 years ago. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty funny that they thought that they were the only Christians in the whole department. Yeah. And then, you know, of course not. But, you know, I mean, that that's a pretty neat story. Uh, yeah. So so tell us a little bit about your background and then how you became part of the ministry here. Well, I uh, served over 25 years with the Chattanooga, Tennessee Police Department and uh, did just about every job imaginable. I had one of those great careers <laughs> where, you know, you, you get to do everything that you really wanted to do. Right. And, of course— uh, you know, the, the thing about that is I did everything that I wanted to do. <laughs> and uh, and it was a rough time. And, uh, you know, because I was doing that job in my own strength. Right. And, uh, and it was actually, it was October 16th, 1995. Uh, I was in the shower getting ready for my mother's funeral. 
when uh, I was just a broken individual. And I had a life-changing experience with Jesus Christ in that shower that changed everything from that moment on. I tell people I'm one of those that it was miraculous. Uh, you know, I knew that I was under conviction. I had enough church in me to, to know what that was. And I knew I'd been under conviction for over 20 years. Sure. And fought it. You know, because I, I could not live that perfect Christian life. And I actually told uh, Jesus one night while on patrol when I felt well, I was under conviction. I, I, and I'm glad he didn't answer the prayer because I told him to leave me alone <laughs> because I could not help him like I was going to help Jesus. With <laughs> you know, but I did have in my mind, you know, the only thing I'll do is embarrass you. You know, I, I'll, I'll embarrass you. But uh, in that shower, things were different. And uh, I was at that desperate moment. You know, my world was just coming to a crashing halt. You know, I was that cop that was angry at everything. Sure. You know, everything that, that, uh, that a lost cop experienced, I was neck deep in that too. And uh, when I stepped out of that shower, I was a, a changed individual. In the shower, I, I told God three things. I told him, I give up, I surrender, I throw in the towel. Now, those, that's what came out of my mouth. Sure. You know, and I knew what giving up was. I knew what surrender was. I had people that gave up to me. They surrendered mm -hmm. to me. I understood it completely. Right. You know, I put the handcuffs on them. They would go where I say go. They sat where I told tell them to sit. They would stand when I tell them to stand. They would walk where I would tell them to walk to. They had no more control right. at all. And I relinquished all control. And I guess that, that throwing in the, the towel, of course, you know, that's a boxing term, right. you know, where the manager throws in the towel because <laughs> the fighter just won't go yeah. down. He's so about to be killed. Fighter's done, yeah. And, you know, I couldn't take another punch. I was I was done. How long had you been uh, on the job at that point? Well, I started in 75, so about 20 years. Yeah. 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 20 and, years and of accumulative junk, right? I'm sorry. Twenty years of accumulative junk yes. piling up on you. Yes, you know, I I, I was looking at y'all's website. I love the garbage can because <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing I thought was, man, my, that's not a big enough can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that analogy that Susan came up with is yeah, it perfectly describes what yeah. happens to us all. Yeah, yeah, and and it it was junk, and uh, but from that moment on. Uh, it's been a learning experience. It was shortly thereafter that uh, I had a friend invite me to uh, an FCPO Bible study, Fellowship of Christian Peace Officer right. Bible study, a local, local chapter here in, in Chattanooga. And I didn't know what it was. You know, I'd never heard of it. But then again, I never looked for it. I right. want to hear it. Right. You know. So I, I guess my reputation preceded me. Because when I, I walked in the room, everybody had that look on their face like, he's in the wrong room. It's not going to be a good day. <laughs> Here comes angry Paul. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that's what I was. And uh, so I, I came in and we had some small talk. And there was, there was a, a little old gray-headed fellow 
there, and I figured he was the one that was was leading the group. You know, I didn't know who he was. And so we sat down, and all of us were having some small talk. And all of a sudden, this this little old man looks at me and goes, Well, Paul, how did you get here? And inside, immediately, I'm going, Oh, I don't have a testimony. I just got (laughs) saved. You know, and, and I still had enough cop in me, and I'm going, and who are you to even think that I might not be saved? I mean, this is, I'm having this go on in, inside of me, this battle, yet I'm keeping that cop poker face. I mean, sure. my hands are turning, you know. And the only thing that I could really hear was that little voice inside you going, don't you deny him. Don't you deny him. You're supposed to be changed. Don't you deny him. And so I just vomit my testimony out on everybody. Wow. The whole thing. And uh, by the time I get through with it, you know, I'm I'm literally crying because it's still extremely raw and emotional mm-hmm. to me. All these other tough cops that I knew, they're crying too. <laughs> and they're hugging on me, you know, and I've got this new family I didn't even know existed. Right. And uh then as as we were as we were leaving you know, well, after that, that little man looked at his watch and said, well, that about does it for today. I took the whole time, you know. <laughs> it was one of those. It was one of those. And uh, and we were leaving, and, and he come up to me, that, that little man that I thought asked that very intrusive question, sure. how did you get here? And he puts, slides his arm under mine, and he kind of pulls me down to him, and he said, hey, Paul, I just wanted to know who brought you to the meeting. <laughs> Alan was the correct answer. <laughs> no, I think you answered what needed to be said. That's that's yeah, exactly yeah. right. <laughs> but uh, I've never really looked back. I fell in love with, with FCPO. You know, shortly thereafter, we got challenged uh, to read through the Bible in a year. So... Uh, all of us went out and bought those one-year Bibles where you could just, sure. you know, paperback Bibles where you could just turn the page, January 1, January 2. So when we started in January, in December the 31st of that year, we had we had gone through the Bible. You know, well, we couldn't really tell you what we had read, but we did it. You know? <laughs> and oh, there was, was a lot of seeds planted in your head, that's oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, being OCD cops, it said... January 1 again, you know, so, okay, you know, so, so we did it again and again, and, you know, then we got to to reading through it, looking for anything that might remotely coincide with law enforcement. And sure. There's a ton of stuff in the Bible that coincides with law enforcement. But uh, this, this December 31st will, Lord willing, will mark my 28th year of reading through the Bible, me and, and a lot of these other guys, it became a spiritual discipline, one of them, you know, that, that we truly embrace. And it's something that uh, that we embrace as a ministry now, because uh, when you get your new pack, you're going to receive a Bible. Okay. And uh, inside the front of that Bible is the one-year Bible daily reading plan that mm-hmm. we've had put in there. This is our own edition of, of the Bible, uh, and we've had it specially made up, you know, for, for cops. Right. There are members. And, uh, you know, we tell guys, you know, if you've got a reading plan, just stick with that. Right. You know, but if you don't, 
here's one, and if you read it, that puts us all on the same page every single day. And if you look at our website, Chuck Gilliland uh, writes devotionals for our website that change every day, and they will correspond with something that's in the reading for that day. Okay. And is that, so, you find that on that calendar that's mm -hmm. on the webpage, right? Okay. Yeah, on, on the calendar. So, you know, if we're not in God's Word, we don't know what it says. Exactly. I mean, if we're not reading it, you know, we'll fall for, for anything. And, uh, you know, and if you're not reading it, then you walk around in fear all the time. Somebody's going to ask you a question that you don't know the answer to. <laughs> That's for even sure. If you read it, you're <laughs> gonna, even if you read it, you're still going to have that problem. Yeah, right. You know, I used to tell guys, I, I don't know. I'll go find out. But you sure are a whole lot more confident when you start reading and you start seeing how things come together. And, you know, you, you start remembering and, and the light bulbs start coming on. Right. You know, God will give you what you can take. Exactly. You know, and every single year we find new stuff. You know, we just go, wow. You know, wow. you talked about how much stuff um, is in the Bible that directly relates to law enforcement. And I never really thought about that before until last night when I was reading on your site. And I was like, wow, that that is, yeah, that kind of relates. Well, yeah, that does too. I was, I was actually very surprised. Never really yeah. thought about or even looked for that connection. Well, it was a, uh, you, th you remember the story of Paul and Silas. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they're together and they're preaching and some overzealous cops, you know, kind of <laughs> kicked their butts, you know, and threw them in jail, you know, and uh, and the jailer was told not to let them escape. So he puts them down in the dungeon, got them all chained up. Instead of figuring out, you know, what they're going to sue the police for, they're down there singing <laughs> praises to God and hymns in the middle of the night. And about midnight, God causes an earthquake. And the doors fly open and the chains fall off. And that correctional officer comes running out, you know, and he's about to fall on his sword and kill himself, the equivalent of shooting yourself in the head. Right. And, and you know, we think our internal affairs are rough. Theirs must have really been rough <laughs> back then, you know, to be thinking about that. But Paul yells out, hey, you know, we're here. We're here. Don't, don't do that. We're here. And so they come out. And that cop, that correctional officer, asked the most important question that's ever asked in the history of the world. And he asked Paul and Silas, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Right. And he was saved at that moment and took Paul and Silas, the prisoners, in his house and doctored their wounds. Hmm. That was a cop. Yeah. It was a correctional officer. You know, you think about... Uh, Cornelius, the centurion. Now, a centurion would have been about the equivalent to, a, I'd say, a mid-sized police department's captain. He would have been over 50 to 100 men. Right. And they were charged with keeping the peace. Sure. That's what the Romans were there for. And uh, he's, the, the scripture talks about in Acts chapter 10, he's trying to pray to this God of the Jews for some reason. And God sends an angel. And if you want to read the whole story, go to Acts chapter 10. But the angel tells for him to send for Peter. And so he sends some guys to go get Peter. And he don't know why, 
you know, but, but he's, <laughs> you know, he's sent I mean, I do whatever an angel told me to do too. If sure. I and there stood <laughs> giving me orders. But uh, Peter is up on a rooftop at about the same time, and he's having a vision of his own. And that's where God is letting down the sheet with all the different animals on it, and he's telling Peter to kill and eat. And Peter's arguing with him, I've never eaten anything unclean, God. And the bottom line, you know, people think that that's, you know, they, they, they always think about food. You know, let's talk about food. We need any kind of food. Well, yeah, I'm sure that's in there too. But at the end of that, God tells him, look, if I created it, it's not unclean. And oh, by the way, these guys are coming to get you, Peter, and you need to go with them. So sure enough, they get there, Peter goes with them, and he takes a bunch of guys with him that was with him at Pentecost also. He's not alone. And he goes inside Cornelius's house, and he tells Cornelius, look, I'm a Jew, and we consider Gentiles, which that's what you are, unclean, and we don't come in your houses. But God's let me know that if he created it, it's not unclean. You know, and here I am. And, and I have to chuckle every time I, I, I read this because I can see Cornelius. He's got his whole household gathered, and he's pretty much like, okay, talk. I don't know what you're going to say, but, but talk. You're listening. And so Peter starts trying to tell him everything that went on in Jerusalem with Jesus. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit came on Cornelius and his household just like it did Peter and even these guys with him at Pentecost, and they see it. Cornelius is saved. You know, his family is baptized. And I say all of that because Cornelius would have been, you know, about the rank of a police captain. And this is the first account of a Gentile household coming to Christ, and it was a cop and his family. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, that's big. Yeah, that's that that's is big. big. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and if you look at why the angel came to him, it was because he had been taking care of the Jews. He didn't view them as enemies. He was giving to them. He was trying to help his community that he was over to keep the peace right. and protect. You know, and every cop can take a lesson on that. Well, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, it's, <clears throat> I know, I did 27 years, uh, and I retired uh, a little over two years ago, which I'm very glad that I made it to retirement, and I'm done with that. Um, but it was, I did find it quite interesting. Uh, there was a lot of times, like, I dealt with a lot of death in mine. Uh, my, mm -hmm. my job for 22 years was a fatal traffic investigator. So, you know, that's, I dealt with a lot of families and the aftermath of all that. Um, and it was very, I guess I found it surprising because uh, I think I was getting more jaded over all the time. You know, but like if, if I said something about God or Jesus or, you know, told him to have a blessed evening or, you know, whatever, uh, I was very surprised how much that came back to me too through those people that I would talk to. All of a sudden, boy, we get into a conversation that the, the whole conversation would change, you know? Yeah. And it was, yeah. it was pretty amazing, and it was 
uh, you know, kind of warms your heart to be able to, you know, talk about God to these people that you don't know, you know. You know, I, I, if we stop and think about it, and this has never been promoted, of course, it can't be taught in an academy. But if we stop and think, there is no other mission field in the world like law enforcement. There's no other mission field in the world where people can pick up the phone and dial 911 and have someone dispatched to minister to them at the worst time of their lives. Right. Other than this. There's not. And, you know, yeah, the, the running, the gunning, the, the shooting, the fighting, the cases, you know, that's just a small part of a 30-year career. Right. When we stop and think about it as believers, the majority of our day, especially patrol officers, is dealing with poor, broken, lost people. Right. What a mission for them. Right. Yeah, nobody ever calls us to have a cigar because they just had a baby. we got to go out and deal with them on the worst day of their life a lot of times. That's it. Yeah. I mean, what a what a mission field. Yeah. And, and you know, it's something that has to be caught. And, I mean, we can teach it, and I wish it was taught more in churches and stuff. But that's what everyone is supposed to do, not just cops. Right. You know, that's the, our work is our mission field. But we have the greatest one because we have different clientele constantly. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely and, somebody new every day. And and even our regular our frequent flyers, <laughs> you know, we can get to know them. And if we treat them right, exactly, there's a good chance that seeds will be planted mm -hmm. in them to the point where they want to know why. Exactly. Why are you so different from the last person I dealt with? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so you've been with, um, it's FCPO, right? That's that's the FCPO. that's yeah. the an acronym acronym for you. Um, you said twenty eight years, because you said twenty eight years you've been reading. Yeah. The Bible. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, at, at least twenty eight years. Okay. Yeah. So what do you do with them, with the organization now? Well, we bring Christians in law enforcement together. First, so they know that they're not alone. Uh, and we try to develop chapters. And, you know, when we talk about developing a chapter, historically, we used to try to develop, you know, have a president, a vice president, a secretary, you know, because that's... That's the way you did things. Right. You know, and what we found doing that is that, you know, we'll say, okay, you start a chapter. You're the president. You've got a vice president, a secretary, a treasurer, you know, a prayer chairman. You've got all this stuff, you know, and at the end of the day, you do everything. Nobody's doing anything else. <laughs> they're, just, they're just figures. Right. You know, and you get promoted and your shift changes. Then nobody would step up and take your place because I'm not doing all that. Right. He did everything. And so uh, about nine years ago, when, when I stepped in, we started looking at things. And what we look at now, we want, we're looking for quality, not quantity. We asked for three cops of any shape, size, retired, active, 
to come together that will take a leadership position. And that's that, just a leadership position. Who's your primary contact right now so we can stay in, ch in touch? And then we want those three to pour into each other. We have materials to help them do that, you know, and we'll work with them in doing that. But we want those three to become very grounded in their faith. And as, as we go through this, those three are actually looking for three more. Okay. So they can get them and bring them in and start pouring into them, even if it's individually. Because the one problem that we've had historically forever is that our job is 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Right. You can set a meeting date and time, but everybody can't be there. Yeah. You know, so... We're looking at making more like little small groups. You know, if if we train you with our material and your shift gets changed, then you can look around for other believers on your shift and you can start bringing them together. And that's what we're looking for. Right. You no. Know? And that's how we defeat this 24 hour day, seven days a week. Mm. That's how we start getting biblical truths into the minds of guys all across. You, know, you may get promoted, go to homicide or go to a gang unit or traffic. You know, what a great place for ministry because, you know, like you said, if you're doing crash reconstruction, there's death involved usually. <laughs> yeah. It's bad. Yeah. And what a place to ministry. Uh, it, yeah. It's a what great a place. place. Minister, yeah. You know, and not only are you there for the others, but I don't think we realize how much it helps us, just like you said. Exactly. You know, it's it's soothing for us because a lot of times, you know, we see guys get frustrated, even Christians that don't know how to work their faith, you know, live their faith, you know, on the job. And they're frustrated because they want to do something they didn't know what to do. Right. Well, there's a lot you can do. And you don't <laughs> have to hit anybody in the head with a bottle. You know, <laughs> yeah that's um that that would definitely you know if we could get more officers involved in an organization like you um where they can you know maybe start to feel comfortable with their faith and talking about it to their coworkers, you know and and just build that fellowship you know, even stronger. I mean, there's already a, you know, a good bond between most of the guys that you work with oh, yeah. anyways, but to make that a faith-based one, you know, would be fantastic. Well, what, what happened with us, you know, and, and, and I can talk from the first person is even though we didn't, you know, say we're holding each other accountable, we held each other accountable. Sure. And, uh, and we wanted each other to hold us accountable there was there was one time uh where as a i was a lieutenant and promoted to a lieutenant something had made me mad you know and i was just mad <laughs> you know i knew i was mad and i knew i i needed to stop being mad real quick and i couldn't <laughs> so i ran to a, uh, another christian officer's office you know and i was pacing in his office and he said dude we gotta pray I said, I don't want to pray. I want to be mad. Said, no, we got to pray, <laughs> you know, and we shut the door and we prayed. And, you know, and afterwards we were laughing because it wasn't nothing. Right. It was nothing. 
you know, the things that we think are big, that's Satan throwing that in there. Exactly. It's not that big. Nothing's that big. Right. You but know, even some, you know, sometimes those just those little things at work, boy, they just throw yeah. you over the edge. And yeah, I mean, Satan, he's got years of field work. He knows how to flip <laughs> your switches and, and punch your buttons. That's right. And as we got through, I looked up, you know, and there stood another cop in the corner of my buddy's office with his eyes wide open, his mouth kind of hanging open. <laughs> and I just went, oh, hey, so-and-so, you know, and I walked out. Well, that uh, that individual uses that as part of his testimony now because later on he got saved and it started there where he saw something that he had never seen before. Right. And it opened his eyes. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You know, the 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 issue that we face in law enforcement and, and, and I think you'll you'll probably agree with me on that is we have guys that are believers, but they act like the lost cops. Right. Because they they leave Jesus at home. Yeah. Because they think they have to. Yeah. And it's a lie from hell. Yeah, I agree, and I know I did that for a long time. Yeah, guys don't guys don't see Christian officers. Right. In fact, the world doesn't see Christians in the world. Exactly. The same thing happens in all forms of businesses and employments Mm -hmm. across across the, the the world. But we're set apart. We're supposed to look different. We're supposed to act different. We're supposed to talk different. Not because we're better than anybody else, but we have been changed. And it's supposed to be something where people will gravitate towards us, not run away from us. Exactly. We're kind. We're humble. There's just things, you know, we we've got the we've got the the fruit of the spirit in us. We've got love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Exactly, self-control. You know, it's funny. You just made me think of a an old story. Uh, and I was probably only on the job for about four years or so. And I had arrested this guy. And this guy was, you know, he was, he was a pain. You know, he was hard to deal with. Um, but I just kept treating him good and talking to him and stuff, you know, and my sergeant shows up on the scene and literally my sergeant walks up and says like three words. And the guy just turns to him like, what do you have to be so mean for? Why can't you be nice like this guy? It just, I mean, just starts <laughs> ripping into my sergeant. And later my sergeant goes, what did you do to that guy? How come he, he liked you, you arrested him. And I was like, Hey, you know, I was just treating him with kindness. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You know, I, I, I tell guys, you know, we're still going to be involved in fights. Right. In cases and shootings. But here's the difference. If somebody needs to be knocked out, they have made that choice, knock them out, you know, but when they come to you, pick them up, you dust them off. Exactly. And you treat them like a human being. Yeah. Now, they still may be all bent out of shape, but you've won. Exactly. You know, they're going to jail. You, you've got them. Right. And odds are on the way to jail with you continuing to be kind to them after you have knocked their lights out, things are going to change. Mm-hmm. They'll probably end up apologizing to you <laughs> and explaining why they did what they did. Now you know something deeper right. about them, which is their initiation of a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can talk. Yeah, that's an opportunity. That's for sure. You know, one of one of Carl's stories 
uh, our founder. He got promoted to sergeant, and uh, he ended up working in the LAPD jail. And, of course, you know, no cop wants to go to the jail right. and work. I mean, that's, we're not correctional officers. <laughs> it's almost like punishment. That's right. It is. You know? But uh, but he uh, he went, and the first thing that happened was uh, two other cops that were there come up to him and were so thankful because they had been praying for a Christian sergeant. Hmm. And so he said, okay, Lord, you, you've put me here. Right. And it wasn't long before he got called into the lieutenant's office and said, you have got some guys out there that are preaching to these guys in the cells and they're complaining about it and they're mad about it. And he said, I must have had a funny look on my face. <laughs> and so the lieutenant looked at me and said, are, are you one of them? He goes, well, yes, sir, but uh, I'll fix it. Don't worry, I'll fix it. And he went out and, and he told the other guys, we can't do that. And of course, like cops, they get mad, bent out of shape. Sure. Well, and Carl went straight biblical and said, look, we work for these guys. They tell us what to do. You know, we have to be obedient to them because they're our bosses. Right. And so they're having this conversation. Little did they know that someone was overhearing the conversation. And later on, that officer got saved. You know, <laughs> but they found out, they figured out the rules. And there's always, you know, that's why laws aren't written in black and white. If they're in black and white, then you can find a way around it by, you know, appoint something. Exactly. You know? So uh, the two, the two other officers, one would get on one end of the cell block and the other one would get on the other end of the cell block. And I'm just figuring they're pretty big cell blocks. in LA. <laughs> You know, and one would yell to the other, hey, what are you doing tonight? other one would yell back, having a Bible study. Well, what are you studying? We're studying John 3, 16. What does that say? And they're street preaching now. You know, they've gone from... That's right. They're not They're so, not talking to people directly, exactly. but boy, they're planting exactly. seeds. And, uh, and and Carl said that guys would stick their, their hands out, you know, through the cell bars, you know, calling for the jailer. That's what they were called back sure. then. Sure. On disparity to... to correctional officers, but that's just what they were called. And uh, and so they would go up and go right back into cop mode and go, what do you want? Well, oh, I want to get saved. And I can't talk to you about that. You know, they, they won't let me talk to you about that. You know, if you ask questions, I can answer your questions, but I can't just volunteer information. <laughs> so these guys would start asking questions. Yeah. And so they're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation that everybody is hearing. Exactly. You know, and uh, of course, then they would they would take the guy that wanted to get saved, Carl, who still has a very heavy German accent. And all the people that knew him talk about when he used to have one. So <laughs> so they would go take him to Carl's office. And Carl is still a poster child for LAPD. He's 84 years old. He still exercises. He He's still a poster child. That's great. But, uh, you know, he would, he, they would bring him in the office and he would want to know, what do you want? <laughs> and they, I want to get saved. And so they'd talk and he would tell them, you don't want to get saved. Get out, get out. Said, no, no, no. So they would literally beg to be saved. And inside that jail, he talked about seeing miracles and praying over people going yeah. through the hall and that withdrawal stopping. Hmm. And later on meeting the kid that, that he was literally praying over and a, a guy's in a suit and tie working for Teen Challenge, you know? <laughs> right. And, and I mean, it was just one miracle after another. 
back to the mission field. We're on the greatest mission field. Yeah. Yeah, we have the we have a great audience to yeah. to minister to. It's always changing, you know. I yep. mean, there's an opportunity every day. You know, that's that's for sure. That's right. Yeah. That's right. There's even opportunities with your coworkers every day, you know. And you don't have that's to sometimes you know it's just you know, a little snippet here or there, you know, it's just plant that seed, it'll come back and, you know, it'll grow and they'll have questions and they'll they'll want to know more about something that you're doing. That's right. So. And it's such a big deal, you know, we talk about plant seeds, but that's literally what it is. Yeah. You know, the, the church uh, kind of, I just say they used incorrect language. You know, when they talk about be a soul winner. Well, if you're not, if you talk to somebody and they don't get saved right then, you're not a soul winner. You are a soul loser. Sure. And nobody likes to lose. So we just don't. (laughs) Well, that's not what we're called to do. Right. Scripture. That's not in scripture. It's to plant seeds. Yeah. To plant seeds, water. God's responsible for the harvest. We're just supposed to be obedient. Right. He'll take care of the rest. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, with me and several others, you know, it started slowly, but then it became, you know, it was just more and more open. You know, guys would sneak to us, you know, <laughs> want us to pray about something. Yeah. You know, individually. You know, they wouldn't come to group. Sure. And, you know, they just pick out who they know best. And, you know, of course, they realized if you ask one of us to pray, we'll pray right then. We're not going to go, okay, you know, I'll do right. that. No, we'll yeah. pray right now with you here. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> I'll pray for you tonight when I'm off work. Yeah. yeah. No, we're, we're going to do it right now because if it's important enough for you to bring it to me, it's important enough to do it right now. Yeah. Huh. I mean, it's just, it's just that change. Yeah, it's amazing um, how much grows out of just a, you know, out of a, a simple conversation. It, it really is. So you have different chapters, several in different states, and you're basically in almost every state now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We do have members, I'm pretty sure, in every state. Okay. Um, and then how do people find out about local chapters you know, if they have one for them or not. Yeah, uh, you can go to the website, fcpo.org. And on there we have, uh, I can't remember what tab it's under, find a chapter, I believe. And we have a map that has uh, dots all over it where our chapters are. And uh, in true transparency, we have all of our chapters on the map and we've charted over 267 chapters over 50 years they are not all active but we put them on the map so that guys can see you know that there that there was or is a chapter in their area and then get in touch with us and we can talk just like we're talking now how right. easy it is to start one back and don't feel like you've got to be a know-it-all to do it right well and God may not be calling you to even lead the chapter, but to bring some guys together that can. Right. Yeah, I know last night when I looked on um, for Arizona, 
and I looked in the Phoenix area. There, there is a chapter, but it's inactive right now. Mm-hmm. And and you know, my first thought was, okay, so who would I call on to help start one? You know, so I started mm-hmm. thinking about different people that that I know that you know maybe I need to reach out. Maybe that that's on my heart to you know yeah. to to do so. You know, and and we you know, and we have of course members all over the country that are not part of any chapter, and you don't have to be part of any right. chapter. And that's why we have uh, we provide what we provide. You know, some of the, the material that we provide, we have just started uh, providing. Uh, I'm calling them cop friendly <laughs> uh, discipleship or Bible studies that you can use any way you want to, or as a devotional. Uh, they, they, we usually have about 10 chapters in each one, and they're two pages, you know, do one a week. You know, you can do them with somebody. You can do them together in a group. You know, you can do them by yourself. Right. But uh, we have started uh, with one. Uh, Chuck Gilman put together a study on the Sermon on the Mount. It's a great place to start. Sure. And uh, out of the Sermon on the Mount, he put together 40-something lessons. And we split them into little booklets, booklets, uh, four booklets. So each quarter, we mail out one of these booklets to all of our members. And when you get your package, you're going to get the the two that we uh, have already mailed out. And we've got one coming out here pretty soon, another one. And uh, so we provide that, you know, so guys will have those. Mm-hmm. But not only that, that that Bible that you're going to receive, it uh, it's simply a, a black Bible, a slimline Bible with a thin blue line around it, and it is a filament Bible. And a lot of people don't know what a filament Bible is, and I didn't either until Tyndall House sent me one when we were trying to put this together. And... Uh, they just wanted me to look at the Bible, see if this was what I was talking about, because they couldn't get the concept of a plain black Bible with a thin blue line around it. <laughs> like, well, we can put Holy Bible. I said, don't need that. Plain black Bible, thin blue line around it. Well, we could do this. Don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not so, sure if I know what a filament Bible is. So they sent me the, the Bible that you will receive, except it was just a plain brown cover. And it had a post-it on it that said, Paul, I can get this without the filament. And so I read that out loud and Steve, our communications guy was sitting across from me. He said, let me see that Bible. And he just flopped it open and his mouth dropped open. He said, you know what we're holding? I said, other than a Bible? No. (laughs) He said, this is a Bible library. You download the free filament app and the instructions will be with it. Hmm. And that Bible turns into a three pound study Bible. Wow. It has over 25,000 study notes in it. It has over 40 maps and infographics. I don't know how many character biographies it's got in it. It has everything that a great big heavy study Bible would have, except it's in your phone. Yeah. And whatever page you're on, you can look up on your phone and see the study notes that goes along with your reading. So now you've got uh, a Bible with a one-year Bible daily reading plan. You've got your phone where you can go and look at any of the study notes you want to for what you're reading. 
all of the maps and infographics in it are interactive. Hmm. In other words, you can tap on different things and it will bring up what you're looking at. You sure. can read what you're looking at. It's not just a plain old map. And it has uh, the entire Bible project in it. Wow, that's pretty interesting. So, and then on top of that, we give all of our members uh, free because this is a, we we do this. It's a gift. Uh, right now, media. And for those that don't know what right now media is, right now media is like the Netflix of video Bible studies. And they have, oh, they probably got 20,000 videos hmm. in their library. And the only way you can get it is through your church or through an organization like us. So we send you an invitation to join right now media and you get to keep that forever. You can download that on your phone, your computer, your TV, it, go, it starts at VeggieTales and goes all the way through breaking down the books of the Bible. Hmm. So this is something for the entire family. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's not just for the cop. It's for your whole family. You know, it has children's cartoons and everything, and it goes all the way up through, you know, grade school, high school, men, women, couples, married couples, counseling, finances. I mean, it's all, leadership. It's all there. Wow. So if you're sitting in your car with this filament Bible and your phone and you've got your filament app downloaded and you've got right now media out downloaded, there's not much else we can equip you with. <laughs> to study deeper, to encourage you, yeah. to get with somebody else. You know, you've got everything you need to, to, to meet with somebody else, meet with a small group, go through a lesson, facilitate a lesson, or just sit alone with God. Right. Grow. Yeah, all the tools are there. That's for sure. Yeah. Wow. That that is amazing. Um, your organization is, um, I you know, like I said, I'm I'm a new member to you guys, and so, like last night, I was like, you know, I need to go through the website and kind of see what's all there, and so, uh, it's there is a lot on your website. You, <laughs> there's a lot yeah. of information. That's for sure. Um, but it's very interesting, and I. Um, I'm looking forward to getting the member pack. Uh, it's coming at a good time, right before the first year, uh, yeah. and I will try to do my best to to do the the daily Bible reading um, that yeah. comes with that. And uh, you know, I've I've said you know that I was going to read the Bible many times before, and I'd always start and go and do. I'd do good for a couple months, and then you know, uh, but maybe with a detailed plan you know it'll it'll help keep me organized and motivated to to do that well i, I will tell you that satan is going to do everything he can sure. to get him away uh and you will probably end up missing some days and then go well i've got to try to catch up i will encourage you don't okay just go to the date that the day is and start again okay and just doing that you know don't don't let don't let the devil guilt you. <laughs> and then like at the 28th time or the 28th year, then I'll have at least read it completely once, right? There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. And if, you, and if you're looking, if, if you're using the, the, the list that we have on our website about the law enforcement in the scripture, you will start seeing things. You just yeah. go, wow. I mean, 
let's look at the Garden of Eden. I mean, we in the Garden of Eden, we had the first law, the first crime. God conducted the first investigation, made the first arrest. He could be judge and jury because he was God. He passed sentence. And then what did he do? He put a cop with a flaming sword at the entrance so they couldn't get back in. Now, I want a flaming sword. You can take a yeah. rock, you can take whatever you want, and I want that flaming sword. Yeah, that taser just isn't quite it the same. Oh, man. Well, Paul, as as we wrap it up here today, I want to thank you uh, for coming on and talking about FCPO. Um, I think it's a fantastic organization, and I'm looking forward to getting more into it and involved with it. So um, who knows? Maybe I'll be hitting you up to talk about reopening the chapter here locally. Um, that's well, I hope so. De- definitely something that could happen. Um and for all of our, our listeners out there, uh, thanks for tuning in again today. Um, and, you know, our families too. Uh, if, if you guys are experiencing any difficult times um, or a friend of yours or a family member is uh, and we can be of help, please reach out to us. Uh, You can call us on our uh, hotline at 855-889-2348. If you hit extension 1, we do not have your phone number. So if we get disconnected, you have to call us back. Uh, And we designed that specifically so we could be 100% anonymous for you. Um, We don't want you worried that someone's going to find out that you called us or or that we're working with you or working with a family member. That's that's your business, and, and we want to keep that that way. Um, but please reach out if you're, if you're struggling. We understand, um, you know, the, the hardships that you guys go through, the hardship that the families make uh, sending their loved ones out to be a first responder or military. Um, it's, it's a thankless job for the, for the families too. So we're here for you, um, on our hotline. If you hit extension one, then you will, uh, get somebody just let it ring, uh, because it rolls around to the first available, um, stress coach. So, um, you will get somebody like I said, uh, you can hit extension two if you want to speak to Susan, and I have to look to see her cell phone number, or you can reach her on her cell phone number at 334-324-3590. And uh, so you can talk directly to her. She would tell you uh, if the sun is up in Arizona, text her at nighttime. You can call her. Um If you hit extension three on our 800 number, uh, you'll get David Cohen, who's our counterpart in Alabama. Susan's number. Oh, did I say nine zero? Three three four three two four three five seven seven zero, not nine zero. Hey, you know, Susan will like that and give me a hard time because I can't remember her phone number. I press Susan. I don't press all those numbers. um, also on the hotline, if you hit extension four, you can reach me directly or you can call my cell phone number at 480-861-6574. Uh, again, um, if you're struggling, reach out. Uh, even if it's not us, reach out to somebody. Um, there's people 
that want to help and there's people that can help. Uh, there's no reason to live in those dark times you know, continuously. Uh, we can help you. So give us a call. Uh, God bless you. God bless uh, your family and this great nation. And thanks for joining us today.